0: Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss the technical and people side of safety. Safety should be your primary leadership tool for discovering more about your people and culture. Your host is Dr. Mark French, also known as the Safety Dude. Mark is a credentialed, experienced, and passionate professional with experience in automotive, food, chemical, nuclear, e-commerce, and energy sectors. He is going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people's side of safety based on industrial and organizational psychological theories. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in people management and how they impact our everyday workplace.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Hi, I'm Mark. I am so happy you've joined me. Got a lot to talk about this week. I came across a really interesting article that demonstrated to me that crossover between HR and safety and how we're all Department of Labor, how we all work together, and I guess in a way justified why I've kind of moved into an HR role in some ways or why I felt that was a good move. or I, don't, I found it interesting, and so I thought I would share this one came from uh, the webpage HR Dive, and basically OSHA, if you didn't know this before, OSHA is the key function of a whistleblower uh, investigation. So not only on top of safety, which they have their hands full, if someone is a whistleblower about variety of things, and they feel like they've been illegally terminated because of being a whistleblower, or if someone feels that they've reported something that was out of where it should be, and then they were fired because of that rightful availability to say something, Uh, federal OSHA gets involved in the whistleblower investigations and can ultimately handle those penalties. And in this case, this one came from ExxonMobil. So there was leaking information uh, a while back to the Wall Street Journal uh, about employees that were scientists who were talking about concerns about drill speed and Wall Street Journal brought it up that things were wrong and the the Exxon Mobil group then fired two scientists for that the initial article was a couple of years ago so it does take time for these whistleblower claims to be investigated to be evaluated to be looked at so the initial uh, 2020 article from the Wall Street Journal Basically, it it required the Securities and Exchange Commission to open a probe into it, and the probe followed a whistleblower complaint that they had overvalued their oil and gas assets. And this is uh, something about the integrity, and basically these two scientists said, look, this is part of what we see, and had been upset over it, and evidently had brought it up before. Because what we look at is interesting is that the reason these two scientists were fired one was for mishandling proprietary information, the other for having, and I love the fact they put this in quotations on the article negative attitude. And then they were terminated for those two things, which ultimately you look at when you think about someone who is a whistleblower they probably do have somewhat of a negative attitude toward whatever is happening because they've probably brought up the problem a few times. They were trying to express concerns over a big deal over something that was significantly outside where it should be. So what was the penalty? And then we'll get back into what happened here. The penalty was provide them more than $800,000 in damages And they must reinstate the two employees immediately. So they got their jobs back and the damages for whatever the past time has gone. Uh, Ultimately, they said this was unacceptable to the financial industry. Whistleblowing is in protection to ensuring financial disclosure. Um, Of course, Exxon has said they will defend itself accordingly. there's a lot of back and forth, but ultimately what happened here was an issue was brought up. OSHA got involved to investigate the whistleblower, which was really a financial thing, but also could have been a safety thing. And probably there are other things, or if you're having someone hide information like that, there's always the, well, what more could there be? What more have we not seen? What more are you not telling us? If this was one thing, there's always more. Extenuating circumstances is one of the items you have to look at when you're going through and evaluating some of the processes that are there. And that's something I learned when I was in the nuclear industry was that you have to look at like the process and the system And if this system failed, or if this system was not working the right way, and I was taught this by a really great regulatory affairs manager, that then you have to look at where these other systems are in place, or similar systems are in place, and where else they could fail. But I've kind of gotten away from what I wanted to talk about. In the HR world, We're always like we're the first ones. Did you document it? Did you come to an agreement? Did the person understand the goals? Did they understand what you were trying to talk about? Or has this been all verbal and kind of in the in the ether? And now suddenly we're to the point of termination and we want to get rid of someone. That's why we have policies, because if we're following our policy, the intent is to be fair and consistent. Of course, there's things that always come around, and there's never perfect black or white or a situation that fits everything every time, and so there has to be discretion. But is it with good intent? Is it with positive intent? And so you look at someone who mishandled information, which means feeding it to the Wall Street Journal whistleblower, or negative attitude because wow, you guys have told me not to talk about this and I know it's bad. (laughs) And I just think of that as what kind of closed communication, what kind of pressure is there? And we've seen that time and time again, Uh, the Theranos trials and the book that was written in the Wall Street Journal investigation went with that really is key in my mind about how they would use a lot of legal pressure to assure no one made a whistleblower claim. And to make sure that no one talked about the negatives. And it was scary, really scaring people into keeping quiet. And so we see something similar where people are fired for talking about the concerns and the real issues that are in place. And so, when in an HR world and also in the safety world, when we find someone who maybe isn't performing the right way and we want to coach them or we need to document what has been wrong there has to be the documentation there has to be a clear path that we're not just punishing because of a situation so can can there be ways to assure that we are making good documentation following through clarifying goals making sure people understand what it is we're trying to accomplish absolutely There are ways that we can accomplish all the goals and all the ways and do it in a fair and right way, but it takes effort. (laughs) There's the key word there. It takes some effort. And so let's talk about what effort has to go into that in the next half of our Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.
0: This is
1: the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. I want to take a moment to talk to you about my own consulting company, TSD Amalgamated. It started off as my passion for safety, safety auditing, safety training, safety coaching. And I developed into more, realizing that safety is about leadership and leadership is about safety. If you want engagement, it's about leadership, it's about safety. And so TSD Amalgamated has evolved into more of a leadership company that focuses on safety, is that gateway, is that entry place for real honesty, real vulnerability, real conversations about people, their engagement, and how they work within our organizations. I'm here to help with a variety of tools to help leaders better engage, to help team members see risk. Tools like the DISC Profile. SL2 and understanding how to diagnose and set goals and adapt leadership, a Myers-Briggs type indicator, or even a FIRO-B helps us understand each other, the differences we have in thought, the differences we have in opinion, the items that help us work better together to engage our team in one of the primary motivational behaviors we have. And that's about safety. So I invite you to check it out on the web at tsdamalgamated.com or if that's a little too complex as I like to choose things that are complex, go to tsdaleadership.com. Again, tsdaleadership.com. I'm excited to share with you my knowledge, my expertise, my availability to help your team lead safety first. You are listening to... The Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast with Dr. Mark French. Welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. This week, found an article uh, about a whistleblower claim that was investigated by OSHA, because OSHA is the federal agency that would investigate that, reinstated two employees for basically what HR had called in their write-up as negative attitudes. How do we in HR and safety work together to assure that we accomplish the same goals? And it really comes down to, did we train our supervision and our leadership to do it the right way? Are they empowered to do it the right way? There are those that want to give everyone every opportunity. There are those who want to give no one an opportunity. There's somewhere in the middle. And that's where we play that delicate balance that everybody loves so much of saying, hey, why don't we document that? Or why don't we find a better way to talk about that? I'm going to use uh, one of my favorite models, and I am one of those that really appreciate the SL2 model from Blanchard. And it starts off with diagnosing if someone understands the goal or task. And that also goes with a coaching, because a coaching has a goal or task that we want to accomplish. To bring person from whatever level they're performing at, either from a a competence, a commitment, a behavior, an attitude, we want to bring them from one point up to an acceptable level. And that means setting a goal, setting something that we want them to accomplish in that conversation. And the first part of that diagnosing is understanding if we're on the same page. Do we have an agreement? Is it collaborative? Now that word gets misconstrued a lot of times. If someone commits a safety violation, let's leave, let's say for instance, um sometimes lockout tag out is terminable immediately, that's written into your policy, but let's say it's something more minor but still serious. It's something we want to talk about in safety and the person has to fix that. They cannot continue to work unsafely there's still a collaborative approach to it and basically do they understand what it is it's not that we're going to give up during that collaboration we're going to give up our safety policy and say oh well you're right you can you can kind of skip on that occasionally no and that's the same thing with a negotiation uh you don't have to say yes in a negotiation it just means we're talking there's n- it doesn't mean that we are going to agree. It just means we're willing to talk. Same thing with collaboration. We're collaborating so that you understand the expectation clearly. So I'm using a safety example because for me, that's a real world, very clear thing that in a policy, we're not going to budge on. We're not going to accept someone to put their own safety at stake. We want to talk about it. Now, one, we want to understand whether other circumstances that led to it. Was there a... Leader that condoned it? Was you directed to do it? Why did you choose to work unsafe? There's some questions that, from a systems and organizational standpoint, has to be understood. But let's just assume, for the sake of this thought conversation, that the person just acted in a manner that shouldn't be that way, and we want to correct it. Maybe it's they've perpetually don't want to put their seatbelt on when in a fork truck, and we want to coach them up to say, if you don't start wearing the seatbelt, You're not going to be a forklift operator any further. So we're giving you that warning and we want you to understand. The goal is that the person goes out after that conversation with a clear expectation of what we want, when we want it, and what will happen if it continues to not change. What we want, you to wear your seatbelt. When do we want it? Immediately, no more warnings. If it continues, you will no longer be a fork truck operator for the organization for X period. Do they understand it? Because sometimes in translation, when we're talking, we have a tendency of maybe not being as direct or not getting that feedback that did you understand what it was. Now, the way I said it just now was perfectly fine, but let's say I'm uncomfortable in that conversation, or I'm not well-practiced, or I don't feel well-supported in the organization, the conversation could be very diluted, like, hey, you've been doing a really good job out there. I know your rates are good, and, and people have been saying some things about your seatbelt. I don't know if I've ever seen you not wearing it, but, you know, the seatbelt has to be worn. There's these safety people that, that make me want you to wear the seatbelt, and um, if you could just start wearing it for me, please. And, and, you know, it could have some consequences if you don't, if you don't wear the seatbelt there, you I mean, they might take your license I, you know, things like that have happened and, but your production really appreciate it. And, you know, um, how's the family? You hope, hope they're doing all. I mean, you see where, and I know that's his exaggeration a little bit, but have I sat in on conversations like that? Yeah, I have. And I've probably in my early in my career had, conversations like that Um, because I didn't practice or I didn't understand or I didn't have a coach or a training to help me do that. It was just go do it, make it happen. It's an organization. We have to empower our people with the ability to do that coaching, get that clarity. So when these, going back to the news story, I am highly suspect, and given that it was overturned, That these people were just fired and they wrote up some basic garbage on some paper and said they're fired instead of if someone really does have a negative attitude talking to them about why the expectation of that if you're bringing other people down or if it is like negatively affecting some sort of metric or it's negatively affecting other people is there a series of coaching with expectations to come from that? And was there collaboration or at least agreement that we understand the path of forward. We understand the consequences. We understand what's happening. We understand what has to change. And it is clearly understood by the organization what we want as the organization. And then from the employee standpoint, they understand what they need to change to meet the expectation of the organization. There's been many times and not many, many, but enough for me to say this, that sometimes what's written on the piece of paper for the write-up and what the person understood from the conversation before they read the piece of paper is different. And then when they read the piece of paper, they go, that's not what we talked about. And it has to be re-explained. That's uncomfortable too. So my word of advice Is make sure we're having clear conversations. As a safety person, as HR person, in the marriage of those two worlds, we have to help teach, guide, and coach our leaders to make sure they're having those clear conversations with our team and that everyone understands the outcomes that should come with those conversations. Thanks for joining me this week. I really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you did too. Join me on the web markafrench.com and uh, tell me what you think. Until next time we chat, stay safe.
0: for listening to the leading and learning through safety podcast join the online conversation at www.markafrench.com all opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity this podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes it is not a substitute for proper policy appropriate training or legal advice It's been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.